All right, if you'll turn to James chapter number 4 for our scripture reading this evening, James chapter number 4. As we read this chapter tonight, I want us to consider the thought that we will see in verse number 8, draw nigh to God. We'll read the entire chapter, James chapter number 4. Beginning there in verse number 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, The Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace? Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge." There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now that ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. In this particular chapter, the writer is dealing with the effect of our faith on our character. Everything depends on what we desire. If we attempted to satisfy a natural desire, or we attempted to do something apart from God, we would be filled with eternal conflict, continuous strife, and we would find ourselves in what appears to be a non-ending warfare. But you'll notice that in verse number 5, James asks a very pointed question. He says, Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, The Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? In other words, James says, Do you think that the, the word is not true that says that that which dwells in you, apart from God, will lead you into envy? It will lead you into lust? it will lead you into pride. Now here's one thing we know about the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will never ever lead or result in envy 
or pride. So what we see happening here in verse number six is we see a correction of that condition. In other words, if we find ourselves envious or we find ourselves filled with pride, we notice that the Bible tells us the correction of that is found here. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. In other words, in the infinite grace of God, there is more than enough supply to counteract all of the evil desires that are within us. The responsibility here is in the correction. We are told that we are to resist, and we'll see here in just a moment, and to submit, verse 7, with regard to Satan. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. One of the sad state of affairs in Christianity today is I don't think we do a very good job, often, of resisting the devil. But you'll notice here that it's not enough to just simply draw nigh to God and be careless in our conduct. In other words, we are told that we first must submit to God, and as we submit to God, we resist the devil. Then we draw nigh to God. It's an amazing thing that the, the Bible is in order for a purpose, right? It's in order for a purpose. We draw nigh to God, but not before we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil. So in other words, we can't just simply say, I'm going to draw nigh to God today apart from submitting ourselves and resisting the devil. There is a promise made about the devil. Resist him and he will flee. Believers, I want you to know something tonight that the Bible is, this is not a, a I think it might work. This is a guarantee that if you will resist the devil, he will flee from you. But you notice that we draw nigh to God. You cannot be near God and be careless in the way you conduct yourself. Notice, draw nigh to God, and what's the result? He will draw nigh to you. I have the phrase, he will draw nigh to you, circled in my Bible. What a comforting thought that is. As we draw nigh to God, as we submit ourselves to God, as we resist the devil, and we draw nigh to God, he will, in fact, draw nigh to us. But we understand here this phrase, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. First of all, we need to see that this is not just an invitation. This is actually a command for the believer. The believer is commanded to draw nigh unto God. This isn't just a simple invitation. If you want to be near to me that God is making, this is God saying, I command you as one of mine to draw near to me. We have to obey this. We don't have to be afraid that if he tells us to enter in that he's going to cast us away or consider us an intruder. If he tells us to draw nigh unto him, he will draw nigh unto us. And he says we can enter into that gracious, that gracious commandment. It's part of God's sovereignty. He's saying come. And by the way, God would never call us to do something if there wasn't a way to get there. In other words, God says to come near unto me or draw nigh unto me. And there is nothing preventing us from doing that. Now, we know the Bible teaches that even in the Gospels, there was once what's referred to as a great gulf fix between us and God. But understand, it is Jesus Christ who bridged that gulf. So here's the, here's the command. Draw near to God. Draw near unto Him. 
and he will draw nigh unto you. Finally, notice that promise. There is absolutely nothing said here that as we draw nigh unto him, he will cast us out. No, it says the opposite. He will draw near unto us as well. God's not going to spurn his own. We will be received by his grace and we are loved freely by that same grace. This is an emphatic promise that you and I can take as absolute truth and draw nigh unto him. We think about our conduct. We think about our attitude of life. Understand that in order for us to have a right attitude before God, we have to have a right relationship with Him. Living faith is a faith that creates in the heart of man a consciousness that we will stand in the judgment of God. God knows all about us. God knows our deepest secrets. God knows our deepest, uh, our deepest soul. Living faith is a dependent faith. My faith depends on a faithful God. That last verse of that chapter, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The reference is telling us very clearly, it's telling us very clearly an answer to what it says in verse 15, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. For those that know to do good and do it not, the Word of God calls it sin. That means there should not be a neglect of our own conduct and our own character. The command is very, very clear. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. I hope you'll think on that great promise tonight. It is a wonderful, wonderful truth. Let's go ahead and turn over.